0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: You're listening to the Three Bonus Points Podcast with George Osborne and Ryan Keeney. Hello and welcome to the Three Bonus Points Podcast, a fantasy football podcast all about the Premier League. The first international break of the season is underway. the way, the transfer window has closed and it's now time for the real move to be made in FPL. I'm Ryan Keeney and he is George Osborne. Hello George. Hello everyone. I've just realized they I've put an E on the end of your surname in the script. I will just remove that now. That's you cool. will just
2: remove that. That's good to hear. How was yeah. game
1: week three for you, Ryan? It's been a
2: while since we caught up.
1: Yeah, it was good. 44 points, um, which I'm happy with. One one above the average. Uh, not a particularly great uh, week, I think, all round. So I'm not too bad, not too disheartened by that. Um, and I left a lot of points on my bench. Charlie Daniels was on my bench because I thought City would rack up a cricket score. Matt Ryan was on my bench because I didn't think Brighton would score. And Alexander Mitrovic was on my bench because I genuinely didn't think he'd get any minutes. So mm. uh, yeah, leaving I think there would have been a bonus there of about 15 points for them for the per performers in the rest of the squad. But other than that. Quite happy.
2: Well, I managed to take a four-point hit to remove about twenty points from my fancy side. Um, I made a series of moves that were, I think, broadly logical. Ben Foster for Fraser Forster, Mo Salah out for one week for Christian Eriksen to get him into my side because Spurs have a good run of fixtures coming up, and then uh, Ben Davis for Carl Walker. Um, what happened was obviously Forster got 11 points, Salah got something similar, Davis was on course for a clean sheet, and then Chris Wood ruined that, and then I managed to have the Lukaku captaincy, which obviously resulted in null point. Um And I still, I, I still ended the week on 44, which ultimately I'm, I'm relatively pleased with, but considering the average was only 43, and I always say that as long as you're scoring above the average over the course of the season, you tend to do pretty well. But I am a little bit frustrated on that front, and, and looking forward to game week four to try and correct
1: things Yeah, it's uh, we've got a lot to cover I think ahead of Game Week 4 just for the, the reasons I mentioned there's been international trips, there's been last minute transfers and there are some cracking upcoming matches this weekend, so uh, we're going to start with new arrivals, and we'll move on to the others as we go, uh, so with the, uh, the transfer window shutting there's been some new players that have arrived into the league between game week 3 and, and now game week 4 um, and we just wanted to talk about any that you might be thinking about dropping directly into your team and there's no better place in, to start than Tottenham uh, and Serge Aurier who yeah. has come in and looks like a first-choice signing. Um, looks like he's going to be the starting right-back, I guess, in that side.
2: Yes, Serge Aurier. He does look like a first-choice pick, I think. Um, it's going to be a little bit tricky to know exactly what's going to happen this game week because it kind of feels like the season's restarting or rebooting a little bit. It's a, it's a bit like uh, that late later transfer window plus an international break means that it's going to be a little bit tricky to see exactly who's going to be doing what, but he very much does look like he's going to be the kind of player who's going to be leading the who's going to essentially be leading out from that right back slot which means I think you need to be weighing up whether or not you want to bring him into the team um, again six million price tag is another one of those relatively expensive defenders um, Spurs defensive record last season was obviously very good but this season you know they're still suffering a little bit from that Wembley curse so it's tricky to know exactly what to make of him and it's also tricky obviously to know how much to make or break into in terms of RA simply because of the fact that he was at PSG um, and in terms of obviously the French League Paris Saint-Germain are, are very much either the dominant side or one of the dominant sides in that division so I think he's got potential as a longer term selection but I, I do wonder I mean I do wonder how he will be phased in and also you know he's he's got apparently uh, got a little bit of a behavioural streak a little bit of bad behaviour to him so you never know what kind of impact that could have in terms of things like disciplinary record over the season.
1: Yeah, I I think it's quite interesting because Trippier pulled out of the England squad or, or certainly wasn't at all the England training because yeah. of a niggle. And I just wonder if that might give Aurier a debut before. It would have been ideal. Rather than phasing him side, he might actually get chucked in it this yeah. weekend. But I think, yeah, as Trippier is 5.4 at the moment. Um, Aurier is 6. I think there's, it's probably a, a look elsewhere and then maybe come back to them in a few weeks if... It's obvious who the first choice is if it's going to be Davis and Ori and or Davis and Trippier on the wing. Exactly.
2: And, and that piece of advice I mean, I'll be honest, we've got a list of players, and I think that's broadly going to be our piece of advice there for everyone. But we'll continue going through <laughs> yeah. them anyway because there's some interesting choices. Yeah, that,
1: I think that's, yeah, I don't want us to be necessarily conservative, but is it a similar case for uh, David Zappacosta? who's joined Chelsea I think it's um, and a right I think back. it's
2: pretty much exactly the same um, I mean it's very difficult because he, he's obviously going to be providing competition for Moses there um, the advantage that he has over this Moses fancy managers if he does start is that he's 6 million versus 6.5 I believe so there is that saving there um, it's just really going to be the question of whether he starts um, I think when he was at Torino last season he was part of the same defence as Joe Hart and I think they only got five clean sheets in the league which you know that's a, that's pretty average In fact, that's actually pretty poor. Um, But I think what's interesting in in terms of Zappacosta is he racks up five assists and he also got a goal. And I think it's also worth remembering that last season people were pretty lukewarm, I think, on the prospects of Marcus Alonso when he came over to Chelsea. He was seen as, I think, a sort of a player who was signed, you know, a little bit sort of arguably, a little bit desperately sort of relatively just to, to bulk that squad out. And he ended up becoming one of their key performers. So what I'd say about Zappacosta, again, see what happens but also remember that um, we're now entering the point in the season I think we'll we'll come back to this where Champions League restarts and as a result of that the bigger teams will start rotating more so there are going to be more opportunities for these kinds of players to play in the Premier League when obviously the the very biggest sides may well be going let's try and field a slightly weakened team uh, in the league fixture and then put out what we can consider our best
1: side in terms of the Champions League Mm. and kind of moving on to a player that I think actually is worth the the punt if you've got uh, an extra free transfer if you're not sure what to do in midfield Renato Sanchez five million Swansea that seems like yeah
2: he's a really interesting player I think he's um I think he's probably ended up being the most interesting transfer in the window for Premier amongst the Premier League sides. Um, In case you don't know that much about him, he's twenty. He's a former. I think he started his career either as a winger or a striker, and he's converted to a central midfielder. And he was part of a particularly good Benfica side a couple of years ago. He's quick. He's good on the ball. Um, He's also actually a very good dribbler uh, for a central midfielder. And I think for Swansea, he's almost certainly going to be playing in a box-to-box role so I think there really is a prospect there for him to do well the question is going to be um, what kind of position is he going to play now is he going to play I think so far this season Swansea Swans have essentially been playing with two strikers and they've been having one person who's been sort of behind them that was obviously where I think previously someone like Sigurdsson would have been um, and it's somewhere where Tom Carroll I think has been will Sanchez be operating in that position potentially if he is I think that's really going to offer a great opportunity Um, if he's not and he's a little bit deeper he hasn't actually scored that many goals in, in his league career so far so there could be that question there but like you said I mean his price tag is very tempting and the fact that his ownership I think he's already got a couple of percentage points of, of worth of ownership which for someone who's got you know no Premier League track record he's a cheap option I think it's a sign that people are looking towards him already um, but as an alternative for Swansea as well Maybe think about Wilfred Bonny, he's back at the club, 6 million, he's looking like he's going to be probably slotting straight into that that side, and I think he's gone into double figures, I think every season that he played at Swansea, so that is worth considering.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was, well, Bonny is is one of quite a few players that have returned to teams, I think, in the, the last few days. We've seen um, Bonny, Zlatan obviously back to Manchester United, but not fully fit, and, and Mamadou uh Crystal Palace, who was key for them in their, their good run yeah. last season. Definitely. Is he enough, do you think, there to help turn around frankly? I, th- I, I think
2: we're going to be talking a little bit about Palace later, but uh, I, I, essentially no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not feeling at all too confident about Palace's prospects uh, at this moment in
1: time. To give you a kind of blank canvas for the other new signings, thinking around Alex, Al- Alex Ockley chamberlain yeah. Danny Drinkwater even, Fernando Llorente, I suppose. Is there anything that caught your eye that you'd think is is, in, is worth a little dabble or worth considering? I mean, I
2: felt that all of those moves were... I mean, for fantasy managers, I don't think any of them were particularly useful, if I'm being broadly honest. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I'm not sure... He's going to be first choice in that Liverpool side, especially that Coutinho has now obviously ended up staying there. So he's got a lot of competition for those central midfield slots. He's got a lot of competition out wide. Um, He may well be rotated into the side. And if he performs, you know, he may well retain his position. He's pretty cheap. I think he was six million, I think, the last time I checked. So I think he could be tempting if he gets involved early. But there's not really a huge guarantee of that. And I think he's only scored nine times in his entire Premier League career. So there is a question mark there. Drink water, similar thing, 4.9 million um, for a fantasy manager, which I think seems quite tempting. But you look at the number of times he scored, it's only four in his last three FPL seasons. So again, not particularly in- interesting on that front. And Urente, I mean, obviously he was, you know, he was much more of an option last season at Swansea. He was scoring consistently. And I that, that combination of Sigurdsson and Durente proved pretty fruitful and I think he will play in the Premier League I think it's just a question of how often and will he actually be starting alongside someone like Kane or is he much more likely to be coming off the bench considering Spurs have just shipped Jansen out to on loan to Fenerbahce I think it's probably more likely to be the latter which means his value to fancy managers that's Fernando Llorente's is a little bit lessened
1: I think Fernando if if it was a draft league I think Fernando Llorente is a good kind of backup third striker to have because he will score five or six consolation yeah. goals for, uh, not consolation goals but lead on goals either goals to rubber stamp a 3-0 win or um, goals that, that might make draws and what have you and if Harry Keane gets injured he will obviously be starting yeah. but yeah if you're looking consistent performers then all three of them as you've said um are are not yeah. worth it um and about the non movers, so there's, there was two obviously high profile non movers at the end of the window, Alexis Sanchez and, and Philippe Coutinho. I would think I, I'd want to leave them alone for now, and um, I, I, we know Coutinho not going to be in the squad for the Man City game on Saturday. Just leave them alone for, until they've kind of uh, maybe even I'm trying to think of uh, sacrifice an early good week, a, a week where they score an assist, just to make sure that they're actually back into yeah like I think really.
2: exactly that I mean I think just before we've, we've gone on air I believe I've seen a tweet from a relatively reputable source that says Coutinho is not in the squad for Liverpool this weekend um I think that's partly due to the fact that he was travel travelling. He's travelled back from South America. He's only played, I think, about 45 minutes on international duty in about the past month. So I think that's probably the case there. But it's, it's, it's a perfect illustration of exactly what you're saying. And while Sanchez, I think, is more likely to go back into the first team against Bournemouth, again, international travel and just general disruption. I think that that's going to say... I, I, I'm going to be exactly with you. Don't jump in just yet
0: Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Sean Travel, it has been a busy week of international football with World Cup qualifiers taking place. There's not been a normal international week where teams go off for nice, relaxing friendlies and, and do only really work. So there's been players often on quite long journeys. Aaron Moy was off playing for Australia loved the South American players were actually playing Tuesday night Wednesday morning UK time and so we'll have been travelling back in the last 48 hours um, what effect has that had previously on players Like, we, we, should we expect a lot from uh, especially Aaron Moy he's not going to be at his complete best or is it still early in the season that it might be fresh? I think it is a problem. Uh, I can remember
2: last season. I think it was about November that you were talking about the you know the South American late night midweek game. They chartered um, a load of Premier League clubs and European clubs chartered a jet to bring back their players to Europe as quickly as possible, which they've done again this week. Uh, but despite that, I can remember that I believe it was uh, Liverpool going away to Southampton drawing nil nil. Uh, that was when Firmino, uh, Coutinho, I think were were both sort of really popular midfield picks last season. And obviously they're both blanked. So I think I would be expecting I'd be expecting a lot of those kinds of players to either not perform or to be rested. I mean I think it's really important, you know, to remember the Champions League comes back next week. Um, City, for example, have an absolute glut of South American players who are they're probably going to be looking towards it's a difficult one because obviously the Liverpool match is an enormous game, but they're also going to be looking to the start of their Champions League campaign and wondering about what the best way to negotiate that is, especially with a relatively thin squad and like you were saying with with someone like Aaron Moy there's actually quite a few low-cost fantasy football picks who you might have been considering who are going to be affected by long distance travel you know Shinji Okazaki, Chris Wood and Moy as you mentioned all of them looked to be sort of potential options sort of entering uh, a sort of, sort of fantasy football radar But they have, each of them, travelled tens of thousands of miles individually. And I think Chris Wood has brought up the overall Burnley miles travelled average quite significantly by himself. Um, In terms of the top league, um, the Times did a really good breakdown today. So this is Friday if you do have a chance to go out and buy a copy. That's a really good way of looking at how far people have travelled. But at the same time, there have been some players who travelled a much shorter distance or not travelled much at all, who look to be coming into form. Uh, Christian Eriksen, you know, he's had a reasonable start to the season so far. I believe it was three assists in the goal against Poland midweek for Denmark, which is a ludicrous return. And I think at the current moment in time, he's got the most assists in the calendar year of any player in Europe's top flights. So that's something that's well worth considering. And then there's Marcus Rashford as well. You know, seven point five million. He has been rotated out in Manchester United's last fixture but considering the fact that he's racked up a couple of assists and got a goal in his last two appearances for England there could be an opportunity for a start this weekend especially with the fact that Manchester United are obviously starting their Champions League campaign as well
1: I know I hadn't mentioned talking about it but let's take this opportunity to talk about Kevin De Bruyne yes um, Belgium won 9-0 last week and De Bruyne was involved in none of the goals. No goals, no assists. Yes. What What is wrong with What's him? wrong
2: with him? I'm not entirely sure about what's wrong with him at international level. At club level... I think it's his, the fact that his role has slightly changed. So um, he's playing alongside David Silva in central midfield. But whereas Silva is essentially being released to go uh, make runs into the box, you know, as well as obviously sort of you know knitting the play together, he's also being encouraged to get further forwards. I was watching the Bournemouth match, and De Bruyne very much looks as if he's being told to sit a little bit deeper to offer a passing option outside the penalty area, which means. You know he may well have the opportunity for the occasional goal from long shots and he might well be able to sort of thread through the occasional through ball for an assist but he's not looking like he's the sort of dynamic option going forwards like it's not as if he is the person who's going to be you know making everything happen which might have been okay if he was valued at sort of six seven million but at nine point nine I think it's really sort of it's. I think it's pretty clear that he's not going to be having the same influence in at least the short term that
1: he had last season. And you've picked him to come out of your side, I did, indeed, we, um, on the Set Pieces website. Yes. Um, yeah. So anybody that wants to read some of our tips for game week four, you can find those on the Set Pieces website. We've both picked a player to include and a player to drop out. Um, Who was it that you've recommended people to include? I've recommended
2: people to include Phil Jones. Um, Biggest reason is that he is one of the few defenders who is playing consistently for the top clubs in the country who is under the 6 million price tag. I think currently he's at 5.1 million. Um, He's managed to get himself three clean sheets and a bonus point this season and I believe he even hit the post against Swansea from a corner. So he's looking like he's going to be a potentially solid long-term central defensive pick, especially while Victor Lindelof is still adapting to the league so I think if you are looking for
1: someone who's got good clean sheet potential, I think he's your man mm. I have taken said advice and swapped out Keir Trippier for Phil Jones mm. um, ahead of the Let's week Let's hope it goes well I've I've, <laughs> Well it gives me some money in the bank as well for next week to um, possibly play around with but we'll see how we go Um looking ahead to game week four is there uh, anything else that you're you're looking forward to any favourable well to be totally honest
2: I think this looks like a difficult game week I don't think there's there don't seem to be any fixtures that you're looking at them and going that is an absolute banker um in fact I'd say that there were very few fixtures like that at all this weekend I mean some good examples Manchester United away at Stoke Um, I think at the start of the season everyone would have been looking at that and saying that looks like a sort of a fairly comfortable win for Manchester United but Stoke have actually had quite a good start to the season Uh, it doesn't look as if they're going to be conceding particularly many goals this this time round and so someone like Romelu Lukaku who despite the fact that he got off to a good start to the season he obviously missed a penalty last time out and is away record at Everton last week uh it was only nine last week last year he only scored uh nine of 25 goals away from home I think in the league so that could be quite a tough matchup um you're obviously looking at the fact that it's Manchester City Liverpool which I believe there's going to be goals in that but what way they're going to be distributed who's going to be scoring them and how many you know very much up in the air Um, you've even got fixtures like Leicester-Chelsea, which again, tricky to call. I mean, Murata, who's been in good form so far this season, I think he's gotten the goal and assist in two of his last three for Chelsea. He could well be tempting, but equally, I think it could be a good opportunity for Vardy, who scored twice in the opening day of the season, and I think generally has looked pretty dangerous. So yeah, I mean, I'm not seeing a huge amount of value this week. I'm looking at this week a little bit with the feeling of, let's just get through it. And then see where we are in the following week. Really,
1: Hazard's back. Though. Hazard's
2: back, um, which is good news for some because, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he performed brilliantly last season. Uh, Ten point five million though makes him quite expensive, and for a lot of people who have opted for William in their side, currently seven point one million, that could pose a bit of a problem for them. Um, and I mean, in terms of someone else who who's coming back, you mentioned earlier Mamadou Sakho and whether or not I think Crystal Palace could be someone worth looking at. But their fixtures aren't actually, or they they haven't been as bad as they should have been on paper. I mean, they they, they looked like, sorry, they looked like on paper that they were going to be relatively straightforward. And so far this season, it's conceded a scored none. Um, Wilfred Zahara is not back. Um, their style looks to be... Well, it just looks as if the, the new style that ball's bringing in isn't working and it isn't fitting in with the rest of the sides so I find it very hard to tip I think about the only thing that I could be suggesting looks like relatively nailed on opportunity is potentially West Brom keeping a clean sheet away at Brighton um you know, it Yes, that's nailed that's on that's nailed on. But even then even yeah. then, um against Watford um, last time out, uh Anthony Knockart that like he was going to be pretty dangerous. He managed to hit the post and he drew the challenge that led to Miguel Britios getting sent off. And I think with West Brom, they have signed Kieran Gibbs to fill that left back position where Chris Brunt has been playing, but I don't think it's necessarily well, you know, I feel like West Brom probably should keep a clean sheet there, but even then, it's a bit like mm, sketchy.
1: No, I, 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 I think West Brom restricting Brighton is, is exactly what's going to happen. I don't think there's enough. There's not enough Premier League noise in that Brighton side to find a way past him really <laughs> at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm not having it. I think, I'd, and just to touch on Hazard, Chelsea's fixtures between now and the next transfer window are pretty dreadful, along with the Champions League being back they've got um, Leicester this weekend, Arsenal at home, Man City at home and Stoke away that there's not, that's not the kind of four week run where Hazard racks up 20 points, I think you'd be best off leaving him alone and maybe having a reshuffle yeah. come the next transfer window and, and then bringing him in when the fixtures get slightly easier for mm-hmm. Chelsea um, which is kind of about it um, I'm trying to know, I think, Lukaku staying as your captain um, you think, based on, or are we going on fire I know you said is away recording. I'm looking it?
2: elsewhere, but I don't know where at this current moment in time. I mean, I'm looking through my squad and thinking potentially towards Salah. Um, who's obviously looks very dangerous this season and who burnt me very much last week Um, because I feel as if a Liverpool attacker or someone like uh, Gabriel Hazus at Manchester City I think a reasonable chance of getting a return. Murata for Chelsea away at Leicester I I think that again is another good chance for a return. Um, Arsenal at home against Bournemouth there should be a good opportunity there but Lacazette for some reason Arsenal Wenger spent an incredibly large sum of money on Lacazette to essentially drop into the bench so I'm not really sure what's going on there but Danny Welbeck has started every game this season if you are looking for that and then I think if you're looking for some more interesting captain picks um, Sam Vokes um, I think for Burnley. Um,
1: Ooh, at yes. Palace. Yeah, oh, at Holmes at home's Palace, palace yeah.
2: that, that's potentially good option there, especially because Chris Wood is obviously coming back from a hefty international stint. And then, um, honestly, uh, you know, like this feels like just sort of blind faith more than anything, but Chicharito <laughs> for West Ham um, in their fixture on, on, I believe it's on Monday um, against Huddersfield. Mm. Um, you know, Huddersfield have actually had a good start to the season, but I think it's West Ham's first home game. And yeah, I, you just don't know. You just don't know, but he managed to score two nicely taken goals against Southampton. And I think if he gets any kind of service, then he has got a chance of getting on the score sheet.
1: I think given the summer that West Ham have had, that's going to be a weird uh, atmosphere. They, they, were, they were excited about their signings come the start of the season, but with the kerfuffle that has followed around William Cavalio and... Um, it, it just it's going to be yeah. weird. I, I think it's going to be a weird atmosphere. It's going to be a, a difficult it's a difficult one to judge how West Ham will react and therefore how Huddersfield will be able sure. to play, but it should be exciting. Um yeah, I think that that kind of covers us off. It does indeed. Good. Yeah, I'm just making sure we've touched on everybody, gave everybody a little bit <laughs> of a mention. Um I think the only game we haven't haven't actually talked about is Southampton against Watford.
2: Yes, um, hopefully Gabbiadini. I've been keeping faith with him because Southampton's fixtures remain pretty good. Um, but if not, um, Stevens at, at the back so far has given me two clean sheets. So
1: worth checking out there. Yeah, that's, yeah I don't think there's a massive amount in Watford yet. I'm not sure they know who no. they are as a team. Um, before we go just wanted to give you a quick reminder of our competition Um, over the first seven game weeks of the season we are giving away three books Uh, It was provided to us by Ockley Books a Yorkshire based sports book publisher if you're not in the league by now I really don't fancy your chances of toppling um, the, the top three performers but by all means give it a go get involved and we'll hopefully have more competitions throughout the rest of the season Quick shout out to Kevin Abraham, Matt Vale and Theo Mensa, who currently lead the way in the top three spots. Um, Obviously get yourself signed up, get following us on Twitter to stay in touch on any of our tips or anything that we notice. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram all with username 3bonuspoints. And if you want to get in touch with the show you can email us show at 3bonuspointspodcast.com with any questions, queries or suggestions. Until next week in Game Week 5, good luck.